Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode 302, Charleston One Podcast recording in the basement. About to break down House of the Dragon, season one, episode eight, The Land, the Lord of the Tides. Back, Jacob, Rebecca, Cam, Kevin, ready to rock. Cam, I mean, uh, Kevin, it's been a while, man. How you been? Good, pretty good. Uh, staying busy with work, uh, watching some bad football. <laughs> I know you can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got the Guardians on on the TV. They're they're about to play with the Yankees right now, so I'm kind of excited about that. But uh, looking forward to talking about this episode. It was a really good episode. Probably the best, one of the best Game of Thrones episodes I've ever watched, including both series, in my opinion. But we can go more into that later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, where can people find you on the socials if you want to be found? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Crazy for Cleveland. That's C R Z Y, the number four in Cleveland. All right, and Rebecca, back again. This is like your most appearances in a row. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm a little tired. We were just in Dallas, which is like five hours away from us uh, here in Lubbock, and so we just got back into town like at three o'clock so um austin had to he came back and he went right into work <laughs> and so it's just me today but we had a good time we went to the state fair uh i've nice. never been and so we had, we had a good time a little getaway but back to work tomorrow no, that's yeah you can find me on twitter uh rebecca med all right and cam i think you what you're a on again off again on again off again joiner of the pod for this series how you doing yeah, I got to break this alternating cycle that I got going on. Doing uh, pretty good. Also watching some bad football, so I feel you guys uh, <laughs> right there alone. Uh, if you would like to find me, you can find me at All Out of Favors on Twitter. And we got a new Instagram handle, him.gif. That's right. Cam put my, my mind in a pretzel last week because <laughs> when I was tagging him Tuesday night after the pod – it was still all out of favors. And then when I went to try to tag him Wednesday on everything on Instagram, it all flipped up. And I was like, man, did he like, did him and some girl get in a spat and he deleted his Instagram? Or is he in a fight with somebody? Like, what's the dealio? And then I finally had to shoot him a text and he was like, no, it's this now. So I'm glad you've updated us properly uh, before I have to tag you for a whole week. Okay, I was actually hiding from a girl, which is why I changed the Instagram handle. <laughs> I knew it was something. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was something. I knew it was something. All right, fair enough, fair enough. For me, J-Roll Nation, Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast on Facebook, and the Beards Watch on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Your podcast listening place of choice, I guess you would say. And, of course, subscribe to our YouTube, They See Me Rolling. Definitely this last episode, I knew it was going to hit. I think we all know what part that everyone would want to see the reaction. Again, I don't. no one here, Kevin, I think, what, your wife has read the book, so she knows everything that's kind of going to happen. Yeah. People yeah. have spooled it here and there. If you've watched Game of Thrones and seen some snippets, you can kind of guess what's going to happen. I didn't know this part of the whole series was going to happen, so that big surprise head chopping scene was fantastic just for the whole, whoa, especially with the month of October and Halloween and all that kind of stuff coming up. But, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube. Hit that because that it's just completely blown up because that was a huge one on top of all that with Game of Thrones slash House of Dragons, Beerio Cart, Brewery Reviews, all that good stuff. But, all right, let's get to the episode. We start off uh, fade to bl- from a fade up to black back in Driftmark 
and we they kind of hit us with the what? Uh, it's been six years. Corliss is. It seems like he just went out fighting again after the death of his kids, or at least alleged death of one. And she, uh, what's it? Uh, Rainey's is just kind of there chilling and then talking to her. And that's so that's yes, Corliss's brother. So her uncle or her what in law? Brother in law. Brother in law. Yeah. yeah. And we should have known from the way he was getting spicy speaking it that he was going to speak it in the wrong time because we kind of been leading up to people keep saying the bastards, keep saying different things about Rhaenyra, and nothing really too crazy has happened. So we should have saw the head slice happen, but just overall good little setting of the scene for this episode to kind of start it off slow till we ramped it up there near the end. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it was just a really emotional episode, like, from top to bottom. I don't know. I got I got a little little, little, little teary-eyed throughout some of the episode. But... <laughs> um, anybody, Cam, anything from the opening scene on, or? Uh, I think the opening scene did a really good job of, uh, like you said, setting up the entirety of the episode. Like, I, it it definitely let me know where it was headed or obviously not a lot of the uh, individual details, but that opening scene along with the IM, is the IMBD? Is that a, yeah. that the right one? That's or right. The letters in a different order. Anyway, <laughs> there was a 10 out of 10 uh, rating there. So once that opening scene came out, I just kind of put two and two together. and was like, all right, I think we're in for a treat. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And, it definitely, like I said, just the back and forth we had. And I didn't realize till that other, that one daughter stayed there with her grandmother and the other one went with Rhaenyra and was kicking it with her. So I guess they're, I mean, I wasn't really sure of why the reasoning of they split the daughters up. I guess more so just to make sure everyone's staying kind of true to their shenanigans. But uh, I didn't put that together till we finally saw. I'm actually a little surprised the way they set it up with Corliss even surviving. I thought that was kind of interesting because they said he got like his throat slit and thrown overboard. Was yeah. The phrasing that they used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was actually surprised he survived. Yeah. So I didn't. Again, another thing surprised by book wise because I thought everything everyone was saying was like he's going to be around for the dance of the dragons. So I'm guessing he's going to obviously survive and somewhat influence somewhere. But yeah, that was you know. How is he going to flip sides or whatever it may be come to that time that I guess he does show back up? Because he's still, I guess, healing up like somewhere out in the in the tides or yeah. whatever? That was the only thing I was surprised we didn't like see him at all. Uh, I, but I guess that maybe that's going to be a big you know, reveal of him coming back if, if they do that, unless they make changes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So... I kind of thought the big, big reveal of the episode was actually going to be him instead of who it actually was. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and we'll we'll get to that, the the biggest scene out of all of it. But So then we jump over and kind of, you know, see Damon walking through. He's in Dragonstone and, like, going after some dragon eggs, which we hadn't really seen anybody dig up or how do they get the dragon eggs. We kind of seen them in those little chamber pots and you know, passed around and tossed like footballs here and there. But interesting enough, so I guess they they uh, breathe fire on their little nest to kind of put a little coating on there. And then he hacks in there and gets some and kind of tells us that, oh, wait, you know, Rainier's had a couple more kids with him, so he's looking for eggs for his new kids. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then a little Valyrian, and then, it, you know, they, you know, she goes in and talks to her son as he's speaking Valyrian, and then they just, what, kind of basically pitch off, like, yo, it's, we gotta go to King's Landing now, right? Right, yeah, he's, he's like, what, learning, he's learning it, and he's kind of getting a little bit of a history lesson through through learning it, but yeah. I really liked here that you don't really know it till later in the episode, but it really shows a nice parallel between her kids and Allison's kids. Like, hers are very much, like, really trying to learn the history, really trying to take pride in who they are and what they're born into, whether or not that's genuine or maybe because they kind of know they aren't who they say they're supposed to be, so they're really trying to make up for it versus you see later in the episode where Allison's kids, like, literally are just heathen. <laughs> they don't really care. <laughs> it's just a funny parallel to see that in that moment. Yeah, that's that actually is a very solid point because... You know, to yeah, to play off of that, you made it like, you know, they are trying because they know they're illegitimate. They're going to have to basically fight being called bastards the rest of their lives, however long they may live, all that kind of stuff. But they are trying. And maybe does that show a little bit like, we know Rainier is loving. You know, she does definitely gives off those vibes of trying to be there for her. Allison has just seems like she just spit venom in her kids since they were young. Like, basically told them, you know, all her kids that they're, what nephews are bastards you shouldn't trust them they're gonna kill you whereas Rainier is just kind of like hey I'm just gonna pour love into my kids you know I'm sure she's got her flaws we can only see so much on the tv screen I'm sure the books give you a little bit more but I think that's a solid point where they're actually trying to learn something of their heritage and 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 be present whereas the other ones are just kind of frolicking around though Eamon is he's more about getting you know down and dirty with fighting and dragons and all that kind of stuff but yeah definitely a solid point there And then, I mean, what, after this, we hit, uh, we get there, and interesting scenes, how they, you know, that Faith of the Seven, you know, flipped on its head back in the Marjorie time in the original Game of Thrones, but yeah, they changed all the sigils, a lot of the stuff around the castle is, you know, the Targaryen stuff is gone, you see some of the banners hanging outside, but I thought that was a very interesting, like, wow, in six years, they really had a lot of people make sure they put up kind of the high tower symbol there, and how's that going to go across, and how long is that going to stand, per se? Yeah, it's also a nice foreshadow to the... Because we've known that the king is having a very steady or even rapid decline in health, and I thought it was a good foreshadow to show that, oh, he really hasn't been around. Like, this is a man that has a whole Lego set (laughs) of his, you know, native land. So there's no way that he would let all these adjustments happen if he was, you know, actively moving around the castle and being like a participant in uh, council meetings and et cetera. Yeah, I I think you're right, Ken. That's a a solid point. I mean, with him being bedridden, they can just kind of do whatever the hell they want to do. You know, they don't. and, And the front of the castle, again, it's got the banners like it's still Targaryen, but inside of everything, it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is who's running this thing. And yeah, and him being so intricate with stone masonry and building that whole little Valyrian castle thing, there's no way he'd let it slide. But they got him so high off milk of the poppy, and he's so just hurting in pain that he barely knows what's going on and what's real. So the slide moves there is definitely something. You know, how long is it going to stay? What's going to happen? But you know, a, a power dominance there for you know Allison's and the High Towers family and all that good stuff. 
the greens. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that no one's really said anything, like in the sense that they're letting the power shift happen because as soon as Rhaenyra gets there, she's like, well, this isn't right. They make the comments, but it's like no one has challenged them. They're slowly incorporating their way to, you know, oh, we're the hand and I'm the queen and we're just doing what his best interest when he doesn't even know what day it is. He doesn't know who's talking to him. So it's just like... It's very obvious they're manipulating him and taking advantage. But, again, whoever the powers that be, like, no one's saying anything. And so that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, because even what Damon even makes the comment, like, oh, you didn't even greet us at the gates. Yeah. It's the same guy. The only person that greeted him at the gates was the the one guy that said hey to Rhaenyra as she's walking up the steps to show her third child to Allison in, like, was that episode four or five or whatever it was? So that guy yeah, seems yeah. to kind of be playing the, he still is on the Rainier and them side, but he don't want to get his head chopped off while he's living there. But, you know, very, yeah, exactly. Very, very, and I, I feel like we've seen so many shots of people coming out of their carriages this season. Like, I feel like we got, a, you know, a couple of those parties where, you know, Viserys and just so many of them riding those little horse and carriages and showing up to places and coming out. I mean, I feel like, Every other episode, we've gotten people coming in and out, going to the different places, but still wondering why they didn't just fly their dragons there. I guess they didn't want to kind of come off as, you know, less time to fight. But yeah, I think the carriages have been kind of a point of emphasis to show how people are received over time because there is a lot of time jumps. And I think it's interesting just to see, like, okay, this is a five-year time jump. This is how you're received after five years. Mm. All right, this is a six-year time jump. This is how you've been received. Or a six-month time jump. This is how you've been received after six months. And I do think, uh, this is kind of just off the top of the head, but I think they've all been rather different um, as far as the carriage exits. Like, I think the welcomes that people have received from them have been different every time. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be something interesting to go back and look at. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, there's the one big one I remember is obviously when Rainier and Allison were talking after we got that first, what, episode three when she's had her two kids and she talks about how easy childbirth was and they pull up to that whole, what, like, uh, party or whatever it is, the the thing they're having outside of the festival or whatever, and all the king and everyone gets out, and then Rainier kind of comes out, and no one pays her any mind. And that's still kind of the yeah. thing. Like, no one really paid them any mind as they showed up. Same thing when, what, Viserys showed up to the uh, to the tides, and just the two, the daughters came out, and Elaenor was over there sword fighting with his little buddy, and no one really... Res- yeah. So it is interesting, like you said, Cam, how are people reacting to these interactions and then pulling up, you know? And, you know, how is that going to... And obviously it, it bugs them a little bit because they bring it up later in the episode. And then we jump to a little count, a small council meeting and Allison sitting head center at the table, ready to rock. I mean, we all know who's in power. She's got that big old star necklace on with the start, with the gold chain, and just basically telling everybody kind of what the plan is and not really listening to anybody, and then just has to bolt out and say, oh, i got to meet our guests now. Oh, now you have to meet your guests, but I'll make sure I'm casually late. Yeah. Like, it's, you had scouts. You knew when the guests were going to be. <laughs> no one just casually pulls up on King Blanding. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think even Otto said something about, uh, did you, like, receive them the way I told you to or whatever? 
they, they made sure that there was no yep. no no grand you know welcoming committee mm-hmm. definitely definitely was done on purpose yeah absolutely everything that they do sends a message and it's just it's funny how they are playing pawns to everyone when Allison herself she's also a pawn to her dad and it's just interesting to see how again her her demeanor of I'm just better than everyone just irritates me without fail every <laughs> single time she's on the screen <laughs> and then I think we get the the first big reveal of this episode is Viserys six years later and my man looks straight from the walking dead <laughs> I mean, whatever horror flick that you want to call zombies, vampires, whatever it may be. But, I mean, he's got the the bandage across his eye. His fingernails are like purple. He's still kind of dressed to the nines. But, whoo, buddy, we know he is just, he's on death's bed. Like, he's on death's doorstep. And he's kind of knows it's, he doesn't really know it's Rhaenyra. She's kind of introducing herself. I, I got to respect Damon here. His character is just such a, one of those just wild characters here. He, he lays back. He knows it's his brother. But he also doesn't want to, like, really see his brother this way, right? Like, he's known his, he's grown up his whole life. His brother's been strong. They've had their differences. But it's still your family. It's still your brother. And it's just like, damn, this is why I didn't want the throne. Because this is what this shit does to you, man. It puts you right. in your deathbed, like, yeah. just terrible. Yeah, if, if this episode did anything, it definitely showed. Uh, how much Damon does actually care, mm-hmm. and you know whether he, I think I think he's won just about everybody over, especially you know from the beginning from what he is now. But definitely, definitely took some good steps <laughs> in everything yeah. that he did in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Miami LeBron all episode. Miami LeBron all episode. <laughs> Man, you just smacking Kevin right in the face there, right here in the middle of the pod. Uh, we had a little watch party here with our friends Megan and JD in Dallas we all watched it together and we all collectively were like man Damon is great he is he is the best one seeing how he interacts with everyone and seeing you know poor poor little king our our predictions finally coming through after how many episodes but um it was just curious to me like what was the purpose of keeping him in that state, I guess, because clearly that whatever they're doing to me anyway, like they could have offed him a long time ago and no one really would have asked any questions because he is so sick. So I was wondering about kind of maybe that. I think, you know, I think in theory, Allison still overall tries to be a good person, right? She's got her flaws as everyone does. And I think if you're looking at it, it's like, They've been saying he's going to die soon. He's going to die soon. So I guess they're just kind of, I mean, and they're running shit, right? Like, we don't need to kill him. He's going to die soon. Like, we he's not, like, he can't get out of his bed without us or without guards, and we know he's going to be coming if he's bringing somebody with him. So why didn't they off him early off? Because I think, you know, often a king is one of those just big-time, you know, in, in Game of Thrones, Kingslayer. Like, that sticks with you for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a big tart on your back. Even if you off the king and you become king and you take it over, it's kind of like a, Oh well, that's the guy who like he's got no loyalty. He's further questioning. Yes, You're like he he'll kill. He killed the king when the king was going to die in three days. Like you know that's kind of thing. So you know with that, it's like I think they're just like well we're we're like I said they've been able to change everything inside the castle. They've still kept it Targaryen on the outside, change everything on the inside, doing everything they want to do. So why kill the man when he can sit there and maybe something will happen and you know we're going to be in power regardless. 
Um, exactly. I thought it was actually more, it's probably more advantageous to keep the king alive at this point. Um, so you can continue to slowly rule and gain uh, power in you know his current state without raising any alarms. And then hopefully uh, they could, I'm assuming they wanted to extend it as long as possible. And then that way, when it did come time, you know, for him to actually die, like, okay, cool, we've got such a foothold here that, yeah, you may be the heir, but you're not about to just walk up in here and just, you know, take over without some sort of uh, fight. Or, like, if we want to make claims about the legitimacy of you being an heir, we kind of got our own, you know, stronghold here to do that off of. Yeah. Yeah, I think that does back up the other point. They can't just off him because Rhaenyra still is the heir, and though they kind of want a war, they don't really want it like that. You know, like people will turn on you by just killing the king. If he dies of natural causes and then all of a sudden, as we're going to see, you know, Allison mishears and misinterprets his dying wishes kind of thing is going to start this whole dance of the dragons off. But, yeah, I think it's, again, they're exactly getting what they want. They're 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 doing everything they want and pulling the tides even to the extent of, you know, like another, you know, before we get to the, uh, what, Aegon just being a total douchebag. But the cool, you know, the cool part of, I didn't realize, even though after Damon got those eggs, that Rainier already had, I knew she was pregnant, but I didn't know if it was one, two, or three that she was pregnant with. And then we saw him bring in, again, another Aegon and a Versaris that can, they keep naming their kids Aegon. And I don't know, I mean, that's just going to confuse everybody. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah. back on the, like you said, Kevin, a, definitely a family moment. Even the king kind of perks up knowing, oh, look, you know, Versaris, now that's a king's name. Obviously, it's named after him. But, you know, just all in all that, at least you got to see his grandkids before, he, you know, he left this earth kind of, you know, in a few hours, it seemed, or a day or two after. But um, then we go to the opposite spectrum. And, you know, before we got to Versaris and Renair kind of meeting again after six years, we got the guard going to Allison and being like, hey, we got a situation with uh, Aegon again. And you're like, oh, shit, what did he do? And, you know, you've got... We haven't really broached rape in uh, House of Dragons. I know it was all it was in Game of Thrones a shit ton, you know, oh, yeah. almost to the extent where yeah. people were like, yo, let's, let's, let's pull it back a little bit kind of thing. <laughs> you know, and, and luckily we didn't have to see any of the act or hear anything or nothing like that, but we just kind of got to the questioning of this young maiden girl who is just completely distraught. She obviously was trying to serve the king, whatever it may be, and Allison just kind of, in, in scenarios we, that have been played off now in today's age where you twist words and, well, were you really, were you sure he didn't misunderstand you? And she's trying to then, you know, throws a bag of money at her and says, you know, keep it moving, keep your mouth shut, and then takes a little moon tea and... Hopefully, it, it kills any baby if, you know, if you got pregnant. Right, which paralleled, you know, her being so angry at Rhaenyra with the moon tea. I yeah. thought that was a good, you know, little connection there. Yeah, yeah. She got so mad about it, but then she's like, well, I guess I'll put that in my chamber to use later on in life. And she's <laughs> definitely, it wasn't her first time having the other handmaids make up the moon tea and, and throwing a sack of coins in her hand. Um, and then... Did we get that the 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 lady who brings the moon tea is the lady who is now secretly working for uh, Damon's old squeeze? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Masaria is that the is that, is that the, her name? I think so. It's Masaria. Yeah, 
So she's getting all the secrets out to her, and then obviously we're going to see a bastard come popping in uh, from Aegon's shenanigans if you see the coming up features. So yeah. that'll that that's that'll another interesting wrench there, but it is just back to the whole family dynamic where he's never really wanted it. You know, he's never wanted the throne. He's just wanted to kind of be a tool, and then, you know, she goes in there and yells about it, but just a whole scene where... A, he doesn't want it, but the mom's forcing him to do, you know, to, to do these things, and he's taking out his aggressions in other places that aren't helpful and are harmful for other people. Absolutely. Yeah, when sure. we were when we were watching the episode, I was like, "Man, she's being awful." And someone made a comment like, "Well, he did sexually assault someone." I'm like, "But that's well, yes, but outside of that, it is clear as day that he is taking out this not." this need to not want to be keen, this need to not want to fight with people out on this very, very unhealthy way. Um, and again, Allison is just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, not seeing that she's actually doing so much more harm than good. Um, we talked about too in our little group, how like, you know, she's mimicking the mannerisms of her dad, but also it's not that she doesn't want to be this good mom, but her mom also died, so she also didn't have that role model to kind of balance out the negativity from her dad. And it's just coming full circle in this. How many girls has she had to do this to? Like, and it's just interesting to come full circle. Yeah. I also feel bad when uh, Helena comes up and she's like, oh, has anybody seen Diana? Like, she's supposed to be doing stuff. I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> that's a tough yeah, yeah, because she's married to him, and he's just catting around, and she's just so kind of in the clouds, like, I mean, yeah, it, and the face Allison just gives Aegon as, like, he's just, like, crying, like, I don't want to do this, you forced me to do all this, and she's just, like, rolling her eyes, like, well, suck it up, man, I don't want to hear it anymore, and it's just a, a tough spot for, like, like you said, what he did was absolutely wrong, and obviously he's been catting around and, and having these shenanigans and inappropriate relationships or whatever, but... Just overall, like you said, back to the parenting thing where she it's just put so much vile and pressure on him where he's he's releasing it in ways that are unhealthy. Alright, and then we get to uh this is you know, where Damon finally they finally meet Allison and he's kinda like, Man, you've changed everything up. You know, why is my father still like, as Rebecca said, still alive? He's still kicking. Y'all just got him drunk on or high on milk of the poppy all the time. And they kind of do their little jar, you know, jabs here, but you know, just setting up a little bit more of of how it's all going to shake out and all that good stuff. I also like, uh, I liked how like fiercely Damon kind of defended his father and. Uh, just like the actual Targaryen heritage in this scene, because it kind of showed, uh, contrary to how he was in like episode one and two, where we all thought he was just like kind of similar to how uh, Aegon has been acting. Um, he kind of showed like a an actual care for what's going on, you know, with not only like the succession, but just I think he finally understands his role in all of this. Yeah. And I think that's it's a great point you bring up. I remember uh, last episode we talked about like how Lenor, when his sister died, he kind of had a reflective period of how he wanted to be free and live free and all that kind of stuff. I think, like you, to your point, Cam, seeing his brother like that and now having what five kids total, 
you start realizing, oh shit, like you start facing your own morality and your own legacy yeah. and how does this want to be remembered? Well shit, now this whole place that I took for granted and I grew up on is being turned into something that he knows his brother wouldn't want. Like if his brother could get up and walk around and see that the dra- the Targaryen uh, sigils being replaced by the, 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 the seven or whatever, he'd be furious, but he can't do anything because he's so feeble and weak. So yeah, I think that's an excellent point of how he's just realizing like what the fuck are they doing like and there's nothing there's nothing we can do right now because we can't just like slice her down here here and there kind of thing yeah. but that is he has grown more as a as a character and as a person and realizing that that legacy wasn't you know is now at a threat level the threat level is starting to creep up a little higher than what it was you know 15 20 years ago and then we get uh what the uh the old the old boys back to the training ground where they about got their ass beat and saw their father get you know father beat up old Kristen and now right. Amond is you know got his got his eye patch on and looks like he's been training he's just the one that unlike his brother who's just always catting around and trying to figure things out Amond knows what he wants he's got his dragon now he needs to learn how to you know battle and all that kind of stuff and even says I don't want to win tourneys like. He's ready for action. He's ready to fight, whatever it may be. Uh, is it intentional that um, Sir Kristen is, is he simply just like training here? Or because like whenever Allison leaves to go greet Rhaenyra and Damon, there's a different knight that is uh, with her. Yeah. And so I'm kind of wondering is, is that like an intentional thing? Whereas. She is, is he no longer like her top king guard and he's just like legitimately focusing his whole, uh, like his whole job now is like, all right, I'm going to get Aemon ready for this war that's coming because they, obviously his skills have grown a lot in this time. Like he went from, you know, crying over the pig situation to like legitimately seeming like he's nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause that's the only time we see him in the episode, right? As far as I can remember, yeah, Kristen. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if he's in that font, that walk up scene with Viserys because I don't know if they do any right. close ups or him. But yeah, that's a that's a solid point, Cam. I don't even. I thought it was interesting too when that other guard came out to tell Allison about her son's shenanigans. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing because he's the only knight that's had actual like battle training. Maybe she said, "You know what? You're better." Or maybe Aemon suggested, "Hey, I want you to train me because." You're the only one who's had some of this. You know what I mean? As opposed to some of these other guys who are more put there as political leaders. Yeah, the way I kind of saw it was that, again, there's this narrative that she's scared that her kids are going to die. And so since her and Kristen have this, like, pact, I guess, she's like, hey, I need you to go. I'm entrusting you with my kids. Like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to train them so when the time comes, like, they at least have a fighting chance regardless if they want it or not. Like, they need to be prepared. And so that's kind of how I interpreted that moment. It You know, it, it definitely interesting to go back to that same scene. I mean, what was it? It was just, oh, I guess it was, what, two or three episodes ago, and now we're time jumped 15, 20 years ahead, and how much has changed and how that whole area you know, like you said, the, the symbolism there of them training and getting their ass beat, their get their dad got hauled away, and then one of the last times they saw their pops like in action was there, and you know now they've seen you know Eamon 
doing his thing, and they're probably going to have to, you know, come to blows at some point. So, and they kind of get in that a little bit of a kerfuffle in the in the final dinner, final meal. Um, right. And then, like I said earlier, then it's Rainier coming up to Rainey's, and that's where I realized that, oh, the other the other daughter has been staying with them on Dragonstone, I guess just kind of, I guess she's, you know, part of her council or whatever it may be, or I guess is that one of those, like, you know, when Ned Stark held onto the, what, the um, Ironclad boy so they couldn't attack him, because if they attacked him, they'd kill him, you know what I mean, kind of scenarios, but... So is the one that stayed with her, is she the one with or without the dragon? I was confused. Cause, because I I thought it was maybe she stayed with her if it was the one that without the dragon, so she still had, like, purpose. Like, hey, you might not have a dragon on this side of your family, but on this side of the family you still hold importance, and we're going to build you up. But I didn't know if that was the one without one. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Kevin, are you are you Googling? I'm trying to look through and find out. Um, but overall, while Kevin's Googling, I just thought it was a great, you know, back and forth because they've had so much history as in, you know, remember back to what, episode one, episode two, when Rainey's kind of tries to school Rhaenyra on, hey, they're never going to accept you, all this kind of stuff, and they spar. And then even in her mind... Both of her kids are dead because of Damon and Rhaenyra, and now you've been keeping one of my grandkids, and now you're coming here wanting to speak on my behalf, and she initially, it seems like, if it's going to be the Hightowers, she's going to go on whatever side, you know, is best suited for her, and because she's telling her, like, yo, you're, you're about to be fucked, like, my people are telling me that they're pulling this scheme behind you, you know, we saw, um... Corliss's brother come in at the end of that fighting scene there where he's going in. He did like the meeting before the meeting and it's just, yeah. you know, setting it up to here. I'm, I'm going to give you this proposal and she's just kind of tossing it back in her face like, I don't know, it might be a little too late. Too little too late. I was really hoping they took advantage of all three of them being princesses to do like the cool Spider-Man princess meme, but <laughs> nah, it didn't really happen. But kind of did a little bit because she's like, oh, you brought the princess. And she's like, yes, can I speak as a princess alone? Yes, princess. Like I was hoping they played on it a little or made it a little more obvious, but I found a lot of humor in that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that had nothing to do with, with like back and forth between Brandy but I, I really thought it was funny. <laughs> it definitely was. I mean, just overall. You're thinking. Again, I, I think it shows, again, here's Renera really trying to just say, hey, let's squash all of this. And again, she's denied because people are being petty. And like, you know what? We're just going to cause more drama. We saw that a couple of episodes ago when, it, when she made the first deal. To Allison, she was like, over my dead body. Like, all right, fine, we'll move on. Here it is. She's trying to calm everything down. But people are just like so, I don't know, bitter or they're upset or they're just emotionally driven. But it's like, man, there's several times that none of this has to happen. This fall of this, you know, kingdom doesn't have to happen. But, man, they're just so yeah. stuck to their ways. I'm with you, but it's it's like... She knew she was going to go with whatever tide was going to flow. And if, if the tide towers were there and she knew her brother-in-law was about to pull the shenanigans, she was like, I don't know. I don't want to be on the losing, losing side. Um, and just kind of check Rhaenyra there. Kevin, did you figure out who has what dragon? 
can't figure it out. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm trying to figure it out. No worries. But Why do we need Jeeves for the Google. No, I know. Right? I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just overall, I'm with you there, Rebecca. It seems like every time, you know, same thing. This could have all been avoided if Viserys just married one of the daughters, the other daughters, in, in to begin with, because it wouldn't have started this whole shenanigan thing. But then to get to it, Rhaenyra finally comes in again. They they kill the aesthetics. They kill the whole just feel of it. You got a storm that night when Rhaenyra kind of finally has that last big talk with her dad about, hey, I need you to back me. I need this help. Like, and then you know you got to make sure you show up tomorrow because they're coming. And they kind of you know they touched on it a little bit earlier when Rhaenyra went to go get the kids and uh, what well, Damon came in. It was like telling him like, hey. There's these petitions or whatever. And he's like, wait, petitions? I've already told you what it should be. If the, You know, Corliss already said what he wanted. That's It shouldn't be. He's like, you know. So, and this is Rhaenyra finally realizing, like, this is probably the last conversation she's going to have with her pops because he's just all destroyed and distraught. I also think it kind of, uh, it lends itself to how well she plays the Game of Thrones, uh, the proverbial Game of Thrones, I guess, because... Uh, but this is her second marriage proposal. Like she's done a couple things. She obviously organized the scheme uh, so she could marry Damon, uh, bringing you know both the Valerian and Valerian, or excuse me, the Valerian and their house into the fold together. And uh, you know this is her last ditch effort just to say, hey, like, could you defend me because all my plans are not working? Yeah. And I talked to Rhaenys. To, again, make another really good strategic play, but uh, she shot that down, and it's like, all right, this is legitimately my last card to play in this uh, scenario. Yeah, and then we get the other, the second nasty reveal of the king. You know, he's laying there in his room. We get the close-up of, of Cam's favorite Lego set, and, I mean... Yeah. Him and Otto again, it, and I'm guessing this is the morning of. I'm guessing the the whole shenanigans early morning. Obviously, he didn't sleep well, but Otto makes sure he's in there, ass crack of dawn, trying to get him drunked up or high on that milk with a poppy, so he doesn't show up to the you know the hearing today. And he's just sitting there. I mean, he looks, you know, if if someone's a good, you know set designer or whatever wants to put King Viserys on your next Halloween decoration, like sitting on your porch <laughs> in your rocking chair. I mean, my man, I mean, he looked like it was like they took the Walking Dead from seasons two and three when they were the best, and they just amped this thing all up. I mean, he's got the wispy hair, the, I mean, just, you see the rib cage, and I mean, disgusting. Oh, the, uh, the worst part about it was the, if you noticed the Lego set, it all had just like cobwebs and yep. everything on it, so clearly... Hasn't been oh, able to do, do the one the one thing that that dude wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit there, build some Legos, chop it up, and that's it. And the worst part is, like, I can't use, like, I didn't actually notice the, I'm actually watching the scene now. I didn't notice the cobwebs until you said something. So, like you said, he's not being able to do what he wants, but y'all aren't even taking care of us. No. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can at least honor me by taking care of us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They just, they have given no shits about it. No one's polishing it up, dusting it off, anything. It's just like, nah, this man's in here. Like you said, cobwebs and all. We just don't give a fuck whatsoever. And earlier in this, earlier in the series, Allison was in there 
she got him, she, you know, she yeah. brought him a, a, a dragon when it broke, and she was in there, like, helping him kind of, like, carve some pieces, and now she's completely, you know, once she's gotten where she has and everything, she's ditched it all, so. And then, you know, we get to the uh, partitions. We started off, I mean, the great headshot of just, you know, started off with Otto sitting there. I mean, I'm sure he's dreamed about being on that throne forever, and now he gets to... I can't believe he got away with that. Nah. <laughs> right? Right? I mean... <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed in that scene. I'm like, what is he doing up there? Yeah. Yeah. I was sick watching the <laughs> Um, And again, we saw, you know, Corliss's brother says similar things that he was saying to Rhaenys at the beginning of the episode. And now he's feeling confident because he had that side meeting with Allison and Otto. Like, hey... If you pick me, then you know you've got, I've got your back. You've got the, the the biggest fleet in Westeros, all that good stuff. And I mean, he is feeling it. He's I mean, he was already talking shit to the kids in the previous episode at that funeral of of the of his you know what I guess that would have been his niece talking about pure blood and all that kind of stuff. And he's still carrying it over. And again, if you've learned anything in Westeros, is you can't really call people bastards too many times out loud in front of a lot of people with swords. Especially Damon types, because they just, they don't be giving a fuck. You know, it's that meme, nah, fuck around, find out. I mean, Damon's all about it. And I mean, my man was just reeling until, man. you know, Rhaenyra comes up, says her piece. And again, I think one of the, the best moments of the series is the dad coming in completely hobbled. And it just describes... How much a parent and his, you know, obviously he has three other kids. Everyone keeps fucking around, joking about. He doesn't care about them, but obviously, you know, loves Rhaenyra. And my man doesn't. They don't even have a wheelchair for him. Wheelchairs weren't invented, I guess. Bran in 150 years gets a wheelchair, but this guy's got to hobble all through. But man, just all, all together and seeing Otto and Allison like shit their pants because my man actually came to something was all time greatness. I left. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, just it was a it was a good moment because you know before then he she makes this plea like please like you know I don't want this but if you want this for me like be my dad like I need you and even in his like semi conscious state he something resonates with him he decides not to take his medicine and boom here he is showing his his half face I don't know about you guys it might just be a theater person but I'm like. Phantom of the Opera vibes, like, that's all he had. Oh, for sure. Yep. <laughs> and, like you said, it was just, like, a jaw-dropping, like, moment. But he's not wanting to get help. He ends up getting help. A just very powerful statement. His other, everyone's there to watch. His other kids, you know, he makes a comment at some point to Renero, like, you're my only kid when, you know, he has other ones. It was just a good, it was a good Oh, statement. yeah, that, that is a good point that he yeah. said. Yeah, he was very specific. Or they—that's one thing I do like about this series. I feel like every line, a lot, a lot of lines, all hold a lot of a specific meaning. Whether it's foreshadowing or you know something that's going to tell what's going to happen in the, in the future. And then that's, that's one thing. Or or even going back to like the original Game of Thrones series, a lot of lines that they use are exactly used you know, yep. word for word from the other series. And, and again, just how this whole thing was shot. I mean, we talked about Rhaenys and Rhaenyra talking. You see her in that moment. Rhaenys is like, oh, shit, I got to call an audible. I can't go in here because he's about to declare, you know, 
that either I'm going to get it or he's going to, because he's old school. Like he's going to ask what Corliss wants because it's all what Corliss wants. And she's like, well, if I say this and Corliss is still alive and they come back and say that I said something different, Corliss going to kill everybody. And it's going to, you know, so she knows like, all right, I got to stick and show face right now and stick with, I got to change it up, call an audible at the, at the goal line. And we're going to go with Rhaenyra's plan right here because I don't want to start too much drama because the king is here and he, you know, even though he's on his dying bed, we ain't about to be the ones that just flip this whole thing on his head. Can't lie, yeah. guys. I got a, I got a little misty in the room. Uh, oh, when the when the crown the dropped. Might have been cut in the room when the scene happened. Can't lie. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, when the crown drops and Damon comes up, picks it up, helps him up there after the older brother's like, no, nah, I don't want the help. I mean, yeah, that's, again... Game of Thrones is about family dysfunction at its core. Now, hopefully your family isn't, like, stabbing and all that kind of stuff behind you. But everyone's had to go through some type of family drama, whether it be significant other or step-parents or brother-sister or whatever. Not to this core, but it all, like you said, tugs at the heartstrings like, damn. At the end of the day, it's still his brother, and he's always had his brother's best interest at heart. It just, I think it's taken him a lot longer to realize I shouldn't have been such a fuckboy earlier on. But he still is yeah. there, and he tried to tell his his brother that years and years ago. But they just were at so much, so many odds that they couldn't see it eye to eye. And I also um, one well, two things. There's the the look that he kind of shares with Rhaenyra when he pauses for a second to look at her. Like I thought that was really cool. Just kind of a I heard you. Like you yeah. didn't do everything. Like something got to you that you needed me. So here I am. And two, I thought it was like a, a cool callback to there's the one scene when Damon asked uh, Rhaenyra, he's like, or he asked the king to let him marry Rhaenyra, and he's like, oh, like, what are you lusting after? Is it my daughter or is it my throne? And then I thought this scene was just really cool just to show that, one, I protect your daughter, and two, like, I'm crowning you even at your, like, lowest moment. Like, I'm here to make sure that you are recognized for who you are. Yeah. And again, there's the looks and the shots. And finally, when, you know, Rainey's is like, oh, no, Corliss wanted it to go through uh, Jaceris, and then Rhaenyra just gave me this proposal where the my two grandkids can marry her two kids. We'll strengthen it up. That's what he would want. It. I'm cool with it. Make it all good. And everyone's either snickering or Allison's is like, oh, fuck. And Otto's like, oh, damn. And just the looks and everything back and forth. Again, that's just what it is about this whole series is, is one side against the other. And who's going to be able to pull the rugs out from the other. And it somehow on in this instance, this time, it, be, you know, it, it became Rhaenyra's side. Because she didn't want to be the one, you know, Rainey's didn't want to be the one to start all the drama. And then my man just had to go on his whole rant. And I hope they wrote that in the book of how my man got his head chopped off. Because people got to learn, you just, if you get angry, you might want to just bottle that up and, and take it somewhere else. Because, whoo, buddy. I mean, what a scene. Sliced his head and kept the tongue there. And he can keep his tongue. Like, I mean, just fantastic. <laughs> Incredible bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I thought there was, uh, I didn't think he was going to do it at first, because Damon tells him to say it, he pauses, and then he says, her children, instead of saying, 
the word bastard. And I was like, okay. And then he continues to say bastard. And I was like, ah, never mind. <laughs> there it is. You got it. Yeah, I mean, he went with he went with the what the, the almost the triple crown. Like he went after the king, and then he went and called the children bastards, and then he called her a whore. I mean, he you you can't. At ex- that point, he knew he was he was dead. He yeah, knew he was dead. Like <laughs> no no matter where you are in life, if you just start throwing out insults and you start going after people's kids, they sweet thing and their parents. I mean, yeah. something. That's why I'm going to get you beat up anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, that's just what it is. That's just that's just the rules of the trade there. So just a wild, just overall. And again, we kind of, we saw this similar scene in calling them bastards in the previous episode, but it wasn't from this vile spot. It was then, but it was more in family fighting. And now, my man, I mean, he went with the hard bastards too, man, like just straight up yelling at them. And then your daughter's a whore. I mean, that's and then they said Allison in them's face. They're like, damn, man, he's unhinged. Like, what the fuck is he thinking, doing all this shit? Yeah, well, in the director's thing at the end, right? They make it a point to say, like, well, he already knew he lost it. Uh, everyone already thought about it. So if he was gonna go out, he was gonna gonna go out saying it plain as day. So like, it like, plants the seeds of doubt that you know. If someone's going to say it, I'm saying it. I'm a part of it. I'm going to die anyway. Do what, do with what you want with this information. Peace. Out. Yeah. Done. Also, I think one of the coolest parts of the scene is after Damon slices his head, they're like, ooh, disarm him. He's like, no, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Job is done. Frank, keep pushing. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh, also the look that Damon gives Damon after the oh. is like the look of seeing your idol for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Like you just ran into your favorite, you know, actor, actress, sports player, whatever it may be, and they're there sitting there, you know, front row and center. I mean, he saw the action live because I'm sure he's heard all the stories, but he's never actually seen Damon be Damon because he's been a kid and they've yeah. been separated for so long. So, um, like, damn, do we have to be on opposite teams? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, I just overall, just, again, Game of Thrones writing. I mean, we get Rainies in there. I guess they're in their own morgue. And my man just split apart. They're trying to put them back together. But you talk about bars, Cam. I mean, when she, when the guy was like, you know, you don't have to stay here to God of Death. She's like, God of Death's visited me too many times. I mean, she just... She's almost known at this point, and she, like I said, she's been in the game for so long, and it's just like, damn, I try to tell mans at the beginning, what you're saying is treason, they're going to get you killed, no one wants to listen to me, and it, it, everybody, no one's listening to me, and they all end up dead, what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, she's very much like, because there's something about, you're going to have, it's bad luck, or bad karma, or something, and she's like, what do you mean, here I am, what else could happen to Again, just very powerful. Yeah, I mean, you see in her eyes, her, you know, in her mind, both her kids are dead. She doesn't know Lenor escaped it. And then she's got her grandkids, but she's only got one of them there with her. And now she's just had to wed them off, which hopefully it ends up good. But she knows that they're bastards and people are going to be questioning that forever now. And now her daughters are married off to alleged bastards, you know, and how's that going to all play? I was going to put their lives at risk. And she's just like, Shit, I got it's and now and her husband's got his throat slit. He was over to you know his house. If he comes back, what's he gonna be like? You know, so 
she's just in a complete mm-hmm. tailspin, which she kind of predicted this when all this was going to happen earlier on when she was like, I don't want to get involved, like all this kind of stuff. You know, you send the kids off to do this, it's going to, you know, it's going to get them right here in the middle of the game. I also looked it up. The one that's with her is the one that doesn't have the dragon, which is Okay, great. you figured it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she is the one that doesn't have the dragon, so I'm curious. Again, that's probably what she was doing, probably saying, you know, here still, let's build you up on this side in the event that something does not go your way. And, I mean, it makes sense the the grandkid who has the dragon is at Dragonstone because they probably have more resources for her dragon there than it would be if she stayed up in uh, – you know, in the tides or whatever. Driftmark, yeah. Driftmark, yeah. So, and then, I mean, you know, just a good another long, after we get the entrance scene, we now got the dinner table. It's almost like, you know, almost a Jesus final, final meal type scenario. The opening <laughs> sequence when it's the big gap and Allison's on one and Rhaenyra's on the other and then they kind of, again, don't have a wheelchair for my man, but they carrying him, carrying him in and then set him down at the table, and this is when it kind of hit me like he's not making it through to the end of this episode because he's seeing his father, like, and his all his family are there. That's what he talks about. All he wants is his family to sit down, have a nice dinner, shoot the breeze, you know. Every, look, we just got two marriage proposals. Everything's gravy. Like, let's just have some food and hoping it's all going to good. And we just see all the toasts and everything and kind of get everyone's little personality throughout the evening with each of their toasts. Do you guys uh, believe in any symbolism to that the uh, the greens are on the, I guess, from his perspective, the right side of his face, where it's completely rotted out, and like his like family family is on his left side, where he's oh. yep. good, but... I didn't think that, but it makes sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's the truth. It is 100% the truth, so I wouldn't that surprise me. Yeah, I mean, this show has too much money and... Too many things in it for them to for it to just be like that, right? Like that makes total sense. Say what? I don't believe in coincidences in this show. Absolutely, no, not at all. Unless there's a Starbucks cup on a set (laughs) that they leave, (laughs) or a white truck in the background. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think that's totally. I mean, it's it's definitely there, and that's as Rebecca said, it's totally true. Like that side is the side that's completely rotted him out and made it the more drama on it. I mean, Rainier had her teenage stuff, but that's just what any child's going to go through, teenage rebellion, and you lost your mom. But, I mean, and like I said, his true family, his Targaryen blood kind of going by the the right way to somewhat do it. I mean, Rainier had her bastard, so it is what it is, but definitely set up for a reason and shot for a reason and dressed up for that whole reason. Also. Uh, I didn't notice this the first time, but Rhaenys is missing from this scene. I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, yeah, that's true, because her granddaughters are there. She must just be, she probably just didn't want, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She was done. She didn't want to be there, probably has made some excuses why she can't, but I mean, understandably, like, she just had to play her last set of cards. She didn't want to have to play them. So. Yeah, I guess you're right. She is. She did pretty much just give up her last like potential chance of kind of running anything. Yep. Like we knew she wasn't going to get the throne, but 
she just gave up like drink mark at this point. Like she's like, all right, so yep. you know, I'm kind of taking a backseat to everybody, now, yeah. which is probably tougher since then. At least like when the first time when she was denied the throne. Like, that was obviously, that had a long-lasting effect that's led to some of the instances that are happening now. But this is a, I'm taking a backseat in my own home now. Yeah. But it's the better play for everyone. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool thing to have her do to show that even though she's never going to get the role that she wants, she's still... um, you know, kind of doing the thing that would best serve everybody. Yeah, and that's what she's kind of been saying this whole time, and she finally did it when she's been telling people to do the other, you know, do the right thing slash what's going to cause less conflict. And like you said, she knew if somehow if she had backed Corliss's brother and he comes back alive, then even more shit's going to hit the fan where if she, if he finds out that she didn't, abide by his wishes and they made it known in that episode before of how he wanted to go he doesn't care if it's two bastard kids they got the last name we'll figure it out and go from there um but yeah i mean i think like i said she was done she was just probably down there like damn i got yeah i got nothing left once this dinner's over i'm gonna catch y'all in the morning and we can get the hell up out of here yeah i agree but i'm sorry no go ahead ken does it specify if um, Damon has kids? What do you mean, Damon? Or not Damon, but Damon. Wait, oh, the who, brother? The brother? Yeah, yeah the they brother. did say, didn't they say they had to get the kids ready one time? Like, Helena, when she comes in after that scene, isn't she like, where's so-and-so? No, no, no. The the guy that, that died. The oh, guy the guy that died. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think like, he did. Yeah, they never. I don't think they've I ever. I don't think they said that anything no. about him. Yeah. Because, like, his whole thing is the preservation of the line, but just making him the king of Driftmark does nothing if you don't have kids. Yes. Like, That's very true. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll find out once his family finds out he's been head sliced. Maybe they'll come, uh, come assailing somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, I think that's going to be an interesting, uh, I guess, third faction in all of this. Is now they have, you know, cause to oppose. Like, even though there's a marriage that's been proposed here, you still took our man's, like, head. Like, yeah. we can't just let that slide. And we know that means there might be weddings in the future, and weddings never end up anything good. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, back to the whole seat table. I mean, everyone gets to say their piece. It's the most we've heard old Helena talk in a while. And, I mean, the ultimate lines of just like, oh, being married is not that bad. Having a husband's cool. Like, he doesn't pay any attention to me except for when he's drunk. And it's just like, damn, my girl really is just. <laughs> and, and, again, back, back to when Allison was so prudent and called the Targaryen customs queer in episode, what, two or three, and now here she was marrying off her daughter to her oldest son to keep the Targaryen long strong. She just completely flipped on everything that she believed in, but still thinks she's almighty and her shit don't stink. You can also see her, like, roll her eyes when, um, 
when Helena says that, you can like definitely see her roll her eyes in that. Uh, <laughs> just like, ah, why are all my kids? Like, even my good kid is still like finding a way to just like fuck it up somehow. <laughs> but again, can she blame her? She's in the same situation, right? She married this king who only paid attention to her, only to hook up with her when he was drunk. He was drunk all this time, so again, she's acting surprised and she like set the stage for all her kids to act the same way. Like, you don't want your daughter saying that? Well, then you married an old guy who didn't really like you, but you had kids with him, and what do you expect? And the ultimate, like, just kind of boss, but not too boss of a move is oh, the older, older, you know, Rainier's oldest son going and pulling the dancing out. Yeah, and it looks, and at oh, least, yeah. you know. Like, oh, he only pays attention to you when he's drunk? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, let's go have a little fun. Like, and again, it, it just shows you what the family could have been. In essence, and somewhat, if they there wasn't all this infighting and, like you said, the venom spewing from Otto all the way down, like we talked about it in previous podcasts, it was like they could have built a strong ass family if they would have just, you know, yeah. dealt with their issues and not kind of like tried to one up everybody and just spit like, oh, Rainier's going to kill you if you don't try to claim this throne or do this, that, and the third. Like they could have built it, you know all kind of strong, or if even Allison took the first marriage proposal that we talked about and married Helena off to her oldest son. Like, it could have kept it strong, but everyone's got their own prerogatives, and it just seems to, this is the last happy moment before shit hits the fan. Yep. And that was short-lived. It was even short-lived, this happy moment, before people started fighting, when they dropped the the pig or whatever. So <laughs> I want to be honest, when they first dropped the pig, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a a moment of, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a, hey, like, we can laugh about this. Like, we're, we can move past this. And then he slams his fist on the table, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a, a, like, you know how, like, in the, there's, like, that trope in movies where, like, ah, oh, we were enemies, like, we had this one thing between us, but now we can, like, kind of laugh about it because it's a good time and we're doing it all for the family. It was not a, not a good time. It was not fine. He is still petty. He's still better, and boom, it exploded. <laughs> yeah, just because he's kind of like the youngest brother who slices his eye out is staring right at him as he's staring away, and then he starts laughing because the pig's there. And like you said, it was one of those like, oh shit, is he gonna be mad? Is he gonna like laugh it <laughs> off? And then he got, but he's still holding on to it, and it's like you said, they just have that venom where they just want to let it out and just and just go. And the, I mean the double strong boys. Let's toast these strong boys again. It's just let's just fuck it all up. Let's just stir the pot. I don't like how weak uh, Rainier's kids are compared <laughs> to um, Allison. Like, they just continually keep getting that ass. <laughs> I know it's it's just so ironic that like the man's name was Harwin Strong Breakbones, and these kids can't stay on their feet anytime they get into a fight. Man, like. They gotta get to. They gotta I'm get to the weight room. Trained up. Yeah, exactly. They gotta get to the weight room. They gotta do something. I mean, my man took one swing, and it, my Dave or uh, what's his name's chin didn't even move, and then the other kid's getting his face pushed in on the table by Aegon. Like, good lord! And he punched him on the side with like no depth perception. Like, come on, bro! Like, yeah. <laughs> he didn't even have an eye there. Yeah. He still couldn't budge. 
But yeah, they, they've just done no damage whatsoever, so they definitely got to get in some type of training facilities because they're just fighting off of pure anger, and that is not taking them very far right now at all, and it ain't going to take you far in the future. Yeah, no more high valerian lessons. I know. That's, <laughs> that's true. It, it actually did show all of their, from the beginning, where they were taking high valerian lessons, so they were kind of the nerds studying in the books. You know, um, Aegon... It's just a dirty, just plays dirty, smashing people's heads in the, you know, in the tables, but coming up behind them. And then Eamon over there actually training with one of the Kingsguard. It kind of like showed all of them and how, where they are in their lives and how it relates to what they've been up to the most. Yeah. They're just overcompensating again because of this feud, right? Allison's kids are overcompensating for not being next in line. So they're like, we're going to be big and bad. And then Rhaenyra's kids are overcompensating by like, dang, we're not true Valerian or whatever Targaryen, so we're gonna really strengthen that. And, and just to see, like, in a world where none of this happens, I bet all of them could have been equally balanced in both history and strength. But <laughs> we would have this. They're out here committing violence against women. Yeah. What could have been? Um. And then, like we touched on earlier, we finally see Dama's old squeeze, the the queen whore, it seems, back with her strategically placed uh, handmaiden saying, all right, a lot of things have been happening in the castle. She said yes. And then, of course, obviously, we're going to get a bastard that Aegon is, has, you know, seeded out somewhere from those coming up episodes. So, you know, th- this, this season has definitely been a... It, you may not see it for one or two episodes, but they don't just tease something for shits and giggles... There is a reason they bring her in at the very end of the episode to kind of say, hey, watch out. We're about to have something for you coming up here. You know, she's playing a key role. And from the beginning, she seems to maybe she's been that uh, Otto Hightower's kind of, you know, inside source even when she was with Damon. would be true yeah because if if she if he keeps having these bastards then it's just going to make their whole it's going to cause them even more problems slash it's more money for her if she just keeps getting paid off yeah also i kind of thought um i really thought it was damon at first and i was like damn damon about to get some more shenanigans but <laughs> yeah i i thought it was damon as well for a second i'm like come on man we, we just we yeah. just fell in love with you now no, exactly. But... <laughs> yeah, I had that quickly thought, but then it was like, "There's no way because he's been away for six years." Like that kid in the the coming up was too young for for to be like he hadn't been to King's Landing in forever. You know what I mean? Like, so it really to me, I was like, "Oh no, it's got to be." I mean, there's a reason they talked. They even showed that scene with the moon tea and the girl and all that kind of stuff with uh, Aegon. So, yeah. But then we get to the whole crux of this all. Viserys thinking it's Rhaenyra in there again. He's got his final skull-looking Pirates of the Caribbean face going on. And he starts talking about the prince that was promised, Song of Ice and Fire, and Aegon. And she hears it as, oh, you're talking about our son. Because, of course, that's what she's... no idea. Yeah, that's what she's always wanted to hear is the validity that their son would be king 
And this is what's going to kick off this whole hundred year war and kill all the dragons because of a misunderstanding. I honestly didn't even know if when like she says, I understand my king. Like, I don't even know if she meant that from like a, a malicious standpoint. I thought she may have meant it just from, uh, I know, like, let's say she legitimately interpreted it that way. Then I know what what's about to happen and how it's going to cause, you know, all of this. To, we got to go to war. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, yeah, even obviously it's what she's wanted and she knows if she says this, it's going to start a whole other thing. She could have just kept it to herself, but this is truly what she's wanted to hear no matter what for years and years, you know? So she finally got it. I think it just kind of like validates her. Like she's been teetering on this line of, am I a bad person? Like, I didn't mean to do that, but I don't know. My dad's telling me this, but my friend, you know, Renee my friend, but at the very end, I think you're right. Like she's taking this, like everything that has happened up to this point is now valid because you have now just told me that you want our son. So I think it's selfishly her like, okay, I can, even though I could keep this to myself, this makes up for all these years of fighting and death and, like, in this moment. Well, I think she wanted to hear it. Like, it, like that's what, she, so it doesn't matter if he would have, like, even s- somehow spelled it out or if she would have just talked to anybody and they would realize, oh, no, he's probably talking about, you know, Aegon the Conqueror, not Aegon your son. And maybe they could have figured it out. But she so have, like you said, has so long wanted to hear that that she's just going to say, that's what he said. Now he's dead. You can't ask him. He's yeah. dead, so it yeah, doesn't matter. One, and nobody else knows about the, you know, the song of ice and fire. Yep. That's, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't know what he was talking about. That's probably what they would assume he's, he's saying. Yeah, unless she, you know, maybe just spoken to Rhaenyra first and be like, hey, he kind of mentioned this thing of ice and fire and Aegon, but I think as soon as she heard Aegon. It went. Over. It was like yeah. it, everything else went out the window. She heard nothing else. She just heard, "Oh, Aegon, our son." And you know, even though he might have had some milk and poppy, it was going to be. That's where we're going with it. We're going to now start this whole thing off. Even though they ended that whole dinner on a good note, you know, they kind of said, "All right, what? All good. Sorry for a little bit of the family drama. We'll work this out. I'll, I'll, I'll sail back, and then I'll fly back on uh, Dragon back, and we'll start talking all these things out." So, hmm. How's that going to play out? I guess we got two episodes left. Um, quick thing before. Um, did you guys uh, hear Helena's little uh, prophecy drop? Which one? Yeah, uh, when they were at the dinner table, dinner, right? Yeah. Just like randomly, like everything's happening. And conversations, toasts are happening. And she just randomly says, uh, beware the beast beneath the boards. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I just assumed that. she was talking. I thought that was in uh, in reference to Mastharia because I well, I thought the beast beneath the boards was like rats, mm. and then that's I what I thought it was tied rat to Mastharia. But I thought that was just a. Uh, I thought it was really interesting how it was just like the most random little just drop that happens in. Like just the middle of all this other chaos, and she just like ooh prophetic moment, and then like if you it just kind of passes through real quick. I thought it was really cool. She's had a lot of those, and they've all come true. Mm-hmm. 
So do they know that she can do that, or no? Is it just like? I think I, I think they just think she's crazy. Yes, because the king has been like losing it since she's been little, and so I'm sure he's like they haven't listened to his stories and know the Targaryen background of like they that's how it was like they're they have those prophecies and those dreams and those fortune teller aspects some of the Targaryens do. I think Allison, like you said, Kevin, they just think she's fucking batshit crazy. Like, they said it in the previous one at the funeral, like, she's so fucking weird. Like, I can't believe it's her sister. Da, da, da. But if they would actually use her and talk to her, maybe they'd find some other things out, but they just think she's a weirdo. And because Allison, and then, like you said, she's just got such a, what something, you know, this daughter, like, my mom died early, and now the daughter I had has nothing in common with me whatsoever. She wants to play with bugs and talk about spinning webs and prophecies and I don't know what yeah. the hell, you know what I mean? Like, loot closing eyes for dragons and whatever, so. And like you said, because um, Viserys isn't really in his right mind, like, you could, I mean, I would assume that he would be able to quickly pick up on, like, yo, she's saying some shit over here, like, we should all probably pay attention trying to solve these riddles going on. Yeah. Well, any uh, any final thoughts? Um, excited to see um where this uh, Amon Damon uh, you can tell that they're building that up to be uh, something that's going to be very important coming up. I don't know if we'll experience this season with only. What, two episodes left. Yeah, but you can tell that they're building that up to be a consistent um, point of emphasis. Yeah, I think we're. Uh, Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, I guess I did have a question. Did does everybody else know about Rhaenyra and Damon's kids? Like their their new kids? Because I know they introduced them. I mean. To, uh, yeah, but I don't. I don't think they ever made any mentions about those kids. I, I mean, don't know. I would. Ass- I was thinking about that. I would assume that since they brought them to King's Landing, at some point, one right. one How would you hide them. Yeah, right? one maiden is gonna say like, "Oh, I got to hang out with Aegon right. and a- Viserys." You know what I mean, or whatever. Again, like kind of thing. But yeah, they didn't. They kind of. It was just that they quit mentioning the show King Viserys dying. Like, hey, here's your great grandkids, or what? Here's your grandkids. And then they didn't, yeah, they didn't mention it at all. But I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I'm sure somebody somewhere mentioned something to them, right? Like, right. I mean, because yeah. that's going to also be the, the whole point of them getting married was to strengthen that line to say, hey, look, no, we've got true Targaryens over here. No, none of the high tower, you know, bloodline throwing, flowing through these people's veins. So, yeah, like, even if you want to discount the, of my other kids, there's not shit you can say about these other two people. Yes. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, that was the sole reason. Like, she couldn't keep going with just, well, she has three, right? Three of the strong boys. We just, and Again, yeah, we hadn't boys. seen that baby since it was born, the strong, the third strong baby in forever. I mean, that sucker been hiding. Did they show him? Did they, did I, they show him at the beginning or no? Uh, you're Honestly? right. Did, yes, they did show him when they were doing the Valyrian lesson. Yeah. And he was like, what? I guess he was, he was like playing on the floor with one of the handmaids or whatever yeah. but that's it yeah. they, they just do a little quick that's all right he's still kicking it here you know I, I guess we're getting no more time jumps um so yeah back to cam's thing 
what how's that's gonna I think we're really obviously this next episode is gonna be be on like all right now we gotta cl- proclaim Aegon the king this was the king's last dying wish and Renee's gonna be like what the fuck like do we think any other big players and I, this is a dumb question to ask because it is gonna be Game of Thrones episode nine which is the penultimate episode which we've gotten all kinds of crazy shit any other big players are biting the biting the bullet these last two. I mean, I mean, we had we had Ned Stark taking it, taking the headpiece in episode nine, and the very first season of Game of Thrones. Are we getting a Kristen and Otto and Alicent? Like, what is going to be the, besides the naming of the king is going to be flipped from Rhaenyra, the heir flipped from Rhaenyra to Aegon? What's really going to start this battle by a death of something, of someone? I could see, I could see um, uh, Otto not making it over the next two. Or one of the strong children Ooh. getting killed. That, that might set it off. Maybe the youngest, since we're not seeing a whole lot of them. Ooh. <laughs> the hands do seem to have bad luck. I mean, think it. We That's just true. went Ned Stark, yeah. then old old buddy, Brian. even yeah, Aaron, and then old buddy, even um, just this season, the strong great, the strong grandfather, whatever his name was, he got burnt up. So, burnt, yeah, is that gonna be a play oh. to where my lightning bug man's gonna come in and request the hand signature, the hand seat? Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Because he's kind of waiting. In the, he's he's waiting in the background too. Well, I did see uh, an interesting parallel. Uh, Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon start with an Aaron dying. Um, because I think Viserys' first wife is uh, from House Aaron. Yeah. And then obviously John Aaron and Game of Thrones. And then the season ends with uh, that said, or the king that uh, ends up dying as well. I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, Robert dies. And then this one, Viserys. And like I said, that's when Joffrey gets named up to king, right? Yeah. And so now Hopefully we're going to... Joffrey is yeah. better than the last. I mean, <laughs> he's going to be vile. We all know that. So. And that was the other thing. They kind of... T- well, I know we touched on it. He's got some kids, right? Aegon and... Uh, the t- His sister, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. same. that's what I thought too, the... When she said, isn't the handmaiden supposed to be getting with the kids? So yes. they just kind of dropped that. Yes. Don't really go through it. Yes, yes. So. All right. So no no big, we said auto. Any other predictions? Final next episode for number nine? Uh, I feel like it just may be, I don't know who, what main character doesn't. I guess, like, I, I guess in Game of Thrones, you don't necessarily have to serve a purpose to not die. Because, like, I can, you know, find reasons to have characters throughout Game of Thrones that still have purpose that could have been used for something, but were still killed off. But I feel like everyone moving forward might be a little too important uh, as far as setting this up for, you know, two or three more seasons. Okay. Uh, I, I think. I'm on the auto. I think auto. That's gonna really kick Allison into high gear, um, but I'm because tr- I'm trying to think of how 
what will make the kids even more angry, right? And I think it's Otto. I mean, maybe not Otto, but it would be Allison. Somehow, I don't know, going out and trying to speak peace, and they just flame her with a dragon, and that just kicks it into, you know, I don't know. Or, you know, that's just, I'm at a, I'm at a maybe an Allison kind of, again, I, I don't know. I know how Rhaenyra dies. I know how, you know, a couple other people do, and I think that's still a couple seasons away. But knowing where Allison's going to kind of play into this, I think could, but again, she could have the, a Cersei and kind of stick around for a couple seasons too to keep stoking them flames as well. But something's got to drive those kids to start hating even more than they already hate. Right. I could definitely see it be like being the death of Otto, and then because of the death of Otto, Allison is like, all right, no more games. Like, yeah. Like, I know I've been coaching you guys up for this exact moment for basically your entire lives. Like, the moment's here. It's time to kick it into overdrive. Like, yeah. It's a good time. Yep. All right. Well, I, uh, any final thoughts? I know we hit a couple finals. Nope. Yeah, I'm good. Well, I appreciate it. Stopping by. We only got two more of these left. So hopefully everybody can enjoy it. Oh, yeah. we did, I didn't even touch on because we were worried about, you know, all those technical shenanigans. Matt Rule out for the Panthers. So it's somewhat of a weird happy but no the team still stinks kind of day and you know kevin i don't know if you've burned your baker jersey yet or donated it i mean it's he's we're going to be on our fourth quarterback coming up and who knows what's going to happen but i think you're only i think you're only going to get a fifth round yeah i think you're only going to get a fifth round pick now so i don't think it's going to jump up to that fourth rounder that may have happened yeah that was the thing i was unfortunate about but i I was reading that uh you know baker's gonna do his best to try to come back and play <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if that's even worth it. You might as well just go uh, let that let either PJ Walker play or let that Easton boy from. Uh, he, he doesn't care about the Panthers. He's just trying to look out for himself. Yep. Yep. So, and Cam, you're just. I got a Trubisky jersey if you guys want it. <laughs> 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 Anybody's really stressing for one. Right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it, and we will uh, catch y'all hopefully next week. All right, one more thing. Top 10 of our NFL Pick'em. Jacob Brayer, 1. Chris C, 2. All Favorites, 3. Cheeks, 4. Josh Hurley, 5. Mike and 6. Tyler Kaley, 7. Nate, 8. Caleb Smith, 9. And I am 10th. I think, Kevin, you're at the bottom. And Cam, you're at the bottom. And then I guess what, Kevin, it's been a while. So how we in the pod?